This week is Lag Baomer. Lag Baomer has two things to it. To it. We celebrate it because of two reasons. Number one, Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 students, and they all died in a short period of time. And on Lag Baomer, they stopped dying, or they stopped completely, or they stopped just for the day. That's one reason. The second reason is because it's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. One of the later disciples of, of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was, uh, of, of Rabbi Akiva was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and his Yotzeit was Anlag Baomer. Today we're going to speak about Rabbi Akiva's disciple. But before we speak about Rabbi Akiva's disciple, Rabbi Akiva's disciple, I want to tell you a little bit about Rabbi Akiva. Who was Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva was a man that grew up, he was a son of a convert. And he was ignorant, an ignorant person. He never had a chance to learn Torah. He didn't know how to read. He was a very smart man, but he never had a chance to get a Jew- education, Jewish education, nothing. And he was the um, chief of staff of the richest man in Jerusalem. His name was Kalba Savua. And it was a nickname to, to the rich man that anybody who came into his house was, was hungry like a dog, Kalba, Kalev, came out satisfied. And, uh, but he was, he was there, the, he was the head uh, of the whole uh, sheep. He, was, was, he had a lot of uh, flock. And Rabbi Akiva, fine, then Rabbi Akiva was walking there, and Kabbas had a daughter, her name was Rachel, a beautiful girl. And she fell in love with Kalba Savoy. With, uh, I'm sorry, with Rabbi Akiva. With Akiva. Akiva was bold, old. And she was a beautiful girl, the daughter of the richest man in Jerusalem. And she wants to marry this guy. Then uh, she came to her father. She told him she wants to marry this guy. She says, Absolute. he told her, absolutely not. If you marry him, I will disown you. You will get nothing from the inheritance. You have to leave. Love prevailed, and she married him. And he lived up to his promise. He threw her out from the house. Basically, disconnected any disorder. But she asked him before she married him, if I will marry you, would you go to learn Torah? And he said, yes. I just I didn't learn Torah because I never had a chance. I never could afford it. She married him. They lived together in a very poor way. Very poor. He used to live in a little hut, and she used to sleep on straw. It was very, very bad. They had a baby, and then he decided to go to learn Torah. When the baby turned three or four years old, he took his, ba- his child to, the, to learning in yeshiva, in Cheder, and he asked the teacher, would you mind if I sit with you, with him? And the teacher said, why not? Go ahead. The boy is making progress. The father doesn't. One day, he was almost giving up. He passed by, and he saw how water is dripping on a rock. And he looks and he looks, and he saw as the water, the, the drops of the water make a hole in the rock. And he thought to himself, what is the message here for me? He was thinking, if God, if the water can make a hole in the rock, why should the water of the Torah, the Torah is compared to water, why should the water not make a, a hole in my rock? That gave him double energy. And he went back and he started to learn Torah. And he became one of the greatest Talmudic scholars. To a point that he had 24,000 students. That was the peak. Rabbi Akiva was an unbelievable personality. Charisma that he had, the knowledge. He created a new, a new vocabulary in learning Torah. It was all a different story. The whole uh, oral tradition is based on Rabbi Akiva. Kulu Everything is based on Rabbi Akiva. It's like unbelievable what Rabbi Akiva accomplished. And when he came to Jerusalem with a huge crowd of students, many years later, Everybody pushed to see him, and then there's a lady pushing down, and, yeah, and somebody, everybody wants to push the lady away, all the yeshiva students, what are you doing here? The biggest rabbi arrived. He recognized who the lady is, it was his wife, Rachel. Then he stopped and he told them, my Torah and your Torah is her Torah because of her. If not for her, I would never learn Torah. That became a a slogan, a coin of, uh, when you want to give credit to your wife, then in every religious bar mitzvah, the husband will say it. Hmm. Whenever he wants to be nice, and he better be nice, because if not, uh, he's not coming home. Then, uh, And he 
And Rabbi Akiva, that, that time, came to him, his, his uh, father-in-law, Kalbas Abu, I didn't know that his father-in-law. And he came and he told him, Rabbi, I have a daughter, I married her off many years, she was married many, many years ago to somebody I didn't like, and I disowned her, and I made a promise I'll never talk to her again. I want to nullify the vow. I want to make it kosher, that I could go back at my words. You need a rabbi to nullify it. And then Rabbi Akiva asked them, the way is to, they can nullify is you, you ask the person if he would know then what you know now, would you also do it? He asked them if, if, if your son-in-law would be a scholar like me, would you also make the vow to dis- disown him? He said, like you, a quarter of you would be good enough for me. He just didn't know anything. Hmm. At that moment, he told them, it's me. And he wanted to give him all his inheritance, everything. He told him, give me what you plan to give your wife when you, if she would get married to somebody that you, that you like. That's Rabbi Akiva. Now we're talking about a situation when you had 24,000 students. Let's start. The plague. The Talmud tells a well-known story. Rabbi Akiva had 12,000 students, and they all died during one period between Passover and Shavuot because they didn't treat each other with respect. And in Lagba Omar, they ceased to die. Whoa! They didn't uh, treat each other with respect. Not they hated each other. They didn't treat each other with respect. That's why it spread a um, pandemic and the whole died in one period. 24,000 students. You need to understand, that was the future of Torah Judaism. That was the elite of the Jewish people. That was everything, that's, that's the future. They died. That the world was desolated from a Torah point of view. There was nobody there to go out and teach Torah. And they died in one, sh- they died in one short time. And like Bomer, they start the system to dying. Go ahead. Did they die, spiritually died? Or no, they physically, died? physically they died. Physically just they died, perished. perished. They died, 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 really died. Died, it was like that COVID. There's inconsistencies in your numbers. On source one, it says 12,000 12, yeah. pairs of students. That's 24,000. Yes. Up top, it says 12,000. It's a mistake. Should be 12,000 pairs. pairs. You should put in, yes. Yeah. Because it's like goes people study by by peers. It's called chavuta. Couples of students. That's how it goes in a yeshiva. You learn with a friend. You learn together. Exactly. You don't. It's not like a library. Everybody's and quiet. It's all together, and they kind of just trying to help each other, check each other. Kind yes. Of the real the real way of learning. The real way of learning is to challenging each other. It's not about collecting knowledge. You know, you go to be a doctor or to be a lawyer, you have to know a certain amount of information and to remember it. That's what basically it is. Here it's all about understanding, trying to figure this out, trying to, to understand to how you come to this conclusion, what's behind it. And for this, you need much more challenging and thinking. And the holy Shiva is built on challenging, challenging each other. And the biggest joy is when you can put other, you can prove other person that he doesn't know. <laughs> okay, continue. They said Rabbi Akiva had 12,000 pairs of students in an area that stretched from Gavat to Antipatris in Judea, and they all died in one period of time because they did not treat each other with respect. It is taught all of them died in the period from Passover until Shavuos. Rav Chama Bar Abba said, and some say it was Rabbi Achia ben Araban, they all died in a, a bad death. What is it that is called a bad death? Rav Nachman said, diphtheria. What's the material? It's an illness, like choking, it's coughing and choking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a plague. So it's a real it's actually We get shots now when you're... Your vaccines, if, right. if you want to go to school... Everybody out. <laughs> if you want to go to school today, to, then you need a DPT shot. Yeah. The D is the theory. It's an old, old mm-hmm. illness that's been uh-huh. going around for generations, thousands of years. In okay, okay. Read source number three. Two. I'm number two, I'm sorry. During, during 33 days of the Sphira period, the disciples of Rabbi Akiva perished. Therefore, it is the custom during these days to observe a partial state of mourning. Marriages should not be performed, and one should not take a haircut. There are various customs regarding the day in which to begin to count these 33 days. 
Okay, then what we don't do on Lagba Omer? What we don't do during Sfirah? We don't do is we don't, we don't get married. We don't take a record. And it's it. we don't even listen to live music, things like this. We mourn the death of the disciples of Rabbi Akiva. Now, that shows you that something big happened there if for every generation. Again, yeah. difficulty with this. Okay, if they were bad enough that in the eye of God, they have to be perished, why do we have to mourn them? Uh, I have a better question, why they perished? Why they perished? We're getting there, we're getting there. That's what the whole class is all about. I'm interested in this question. No, I'm interested in the other question. <laughs> yeah? Like I don't hear you. Like what? Maybe because they didn't like, respect him and his teachings? No, they respect him very much. They didn't respect each other. Then tell me, if we're not respecting each other, you deserve that. We would all be dead a long time ago. But it was the level that they were expected to be. Remember, they did. All nice and fine. Not being respecting each other, you die. You deserve a death sentence. What is this? That's the question. Not why we mourn them. We mourn them because Judaism died when the 24,000 students died. And the main reason why we mourn them is to learn what not to do. That's what you learn. Okay, but let's not jump ahead. Continue. Rebbe, did they sleep through class? This requires explanation. The master of these very students was Rabbi Akiva, the sage who famously emphasized the great importance of loving one's fellow Jew. The, first, the verse states, and you shall love your fellow as yourself. Rabbi Akiva says, this is a fundamental principle of the Torah. It is therefore quite perplexing that specifically his students failed to treat each other with respect, a behavior which does not reflect Ahavit Yisrael, a most in, in, integral part of their master's teachings. Okay, Rabbi Akiva was the famous rabbi who said that love your fellow like yourself is a main fundamental principle in the Torah, of the Torah. He said it. That's one of the 12 Torah passages that we say, the Bat Mitzvah Gross is saying. This is one of them. And then the question is, if he said you should love your fellow like yourself, his disciples didn't respect each other. What's going on here? And Rabbi Akiva was an example for his teaching. For his, he didn't just preach. He was known for his Abad Israel, for his loving your fellow. He made great sacrifice to help other people. And his students should not. There is a story about Rabbi Akiva. You know, the Kaddish, Mona's Kaddish being said. The Mona's Kaddish is being said because it was once Rabbi Akiva somehow he met a soul from who died, a person who died. And he saw that he's suffering a lot. He told them, what can we do for you? He says we can, he, was, he, was, he said you can, I heard in heaven that if, my, if, I, if I would have a boy and the boy would say Kaddish, I will, I, this will bring me peace in, in the heaven. That Rabbi Akiva asked him, where you live? He told them where he lived. He used to live and he was alive. He went there, he located his wife, she was pregnant. He waited until they had a baby boy, and it was a boy. And when he came there to the city, they told him, this man, this man was a terrible human being. He was a tax collector, and he was nice to the rich, and he, he killed the poor, he tortured the poor, it was terrible. Nobody wants to remember even his name. Rabbi Akiva found the boy, he wanted to teach him Torah when he grew up, but the boy didn't want to learn anything that Rabbi Akiva fasted for 40 days, that God should make the child want to learn Torah. And when the child, when, and finally, he, he, the child wanted to learn Torah, and he taught him to say Kaddish. And when he learned to say Kaddish, he, when he said Kaddish the first time, the soul came back to him and thanked him for it. And you're talking about a guy who is fasting for 40 days just for one soul, to bring peace to one soul. Abbas soul, love your fellow, was everything by Rabbi Akiva. His students should not respect each other. What's going on here? Okay, want to continue? Did they sleep through class? No, no. Oh, we're done there, right. Sorry. True dedication. Yeah, true dedication cause. to the cause. The explanation is that they failed to treat each other with respect specifically because they were Rabbi Akiva's students. The explanation, our sages say that no two people think alike. Obviously, this was also true of the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva. 
Each of them understood the techniques of Rabbi Akiva with their own unique approach and perspective. And each one was convinced that his own conclusion, based on his own individualized approach, was the true meaning of Rabbi Akiva's teachings. Therefore, when one student heard another student interpreting Rabbi Akiva's teachings differently and incorrectly in his view, he could not possibly treat him with respect or esteem. After all, the colleague was distorting the words of his master. What happened here? Every day, the students of Rabbi Akiva were so dedicated to Rabbi Akiva that every word that he was teaching was very dear to them, very important to them. And therefore, when they saw somebody else is twisting the word of Rabbi Akiva in their opinion, they couldn't respect him. He couldn't be a liar. He says, I think you're wrong. It's not that he hated him, not that he beat him up, not that he did anything wrong to him. He couldn't respect him. That's it. And Were they incapable of critical thinking? Critical, no, they, they were so emotionally involved with Rabbi Akiva, when they saw somebody twisting the words of, in their mind, twisting the word of the Rebbe, they got upset with them. That's what critical thinking is when you're, when you're like saying, okay, well, that's slightly different. Yeah, yeah, the critical thinking is when it's not an emotional connection. But when you feel that this is the disturbing, the, the, the twisting, the story, let's say it's about your child. A story happened in school, the child did this and this, you understand it in one way, and another person takes the story, twists the teacher, equates with somebody from the school, and twisted it and makes it a whole stink. You're angry, you're upset, because it's not true. In, my, in your opinion, it's not true. Now, is it not true? That's your opinion. Maybe the other person's opinion is also as a, as a place. Then because of this, they couldn't respect each other, they couldn't, they couldn't lie to themselves, couldn't lie to them, yeah, oh, it's so nice. If the Torah is very, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. Why reform temples, why churches can be 30,000 people in a church? A reform temple can be 3,000 people. A conservative temple, only 2,000 people. An orthodox temple, modern orthodox can be 1,000. A Haredi can be 100. And a more Haredi can be 50 only. What, what's, what, why is it? The more you care, the more you don't get along. You understand? If I come to shul, page 93, please rise. Everybody rises. Please sit down. They sit down. They couldn't care less. Azoi, Azoi, whatever the rabbi said, goes. But if you care, and it's your life, and you make sacrifices, and you learn, and you understand it this way, not the other way, then when somebody understands it a different way, you don't want to hear it. I'm opening my own shul. That's why the more religious people are, the more arguing there is, more fights. Because they shouldn't be, but the reality is because you're so, it's so important to you, you po it's so important to you, then you want to do it your way. If you feel that you have to eat by, by the, the, the carpus has to be a potato, God forbid if somebody will give you salary. Mm -hmm. If it's be a onion, God forbid somebody give you a potato. Because according to Kabbalah, everybody gets all worked up. That's what happened to the disciples of Rabbi Akiva. It was so important to them what the Rebbe said. It wasn't just, oh, they had a nice thing. Oh, you're talking differently? Very nice. Have a nice day. I don't care. The more you care, look, politics in America until 10 years ago, until say, five, six years ago, was nothing. Nobody was fighting. Nobody was arguing. Are nobody. You was... 10 years ago. Yeah. Are you kidding? Not yes. Like, not like yes. Not like not, not, yes, absolutely. It seems like it's a lot absolutely. worse. It's a lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah. Now, in Israel, it was like this. Finally, in America, came to the level of Israel. Mm -hmm. Why? In Israel, it's life and death. That your decision can affect my life. I cannot. It's not, oh, you think this is the right way? I think this is the right way. Fine. It's life and death. If your way, I feel, will kill people, then I'm, I'm against it. That's what happened to the, middle, to the disciples of Rabbi Akiva. It was so important to them that they couldn't just say, okay, the other way. Like politics today in America, basically. So is there no middle ground? Sure, there is. You have to control yourself. But, but I, if Rebbe wants to tell you from where it's coming. It's not out of nowhere. It's, they're crazy. They're not crazy. They're good people. They want to obey the, the, love, the mitzvah that Rabbi Akiva says. Love your fellow like yourself. It's a fundamental concept in the Torah. But they couldn't handle the idea that somebody else and it, it interprets the words of the Rebbe the wrong way, according to them. But he was there and alive. So? So he must have heard the discussions. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. If you would be a Hasid, you understand what I'm talking to you. I guess I'm there were many arguments in 770 while the Rebbe was alive, what the Rebbe meant. Really? A million. Sure. You cannot go and ask him every minute again and again. And whatever he says, they t- uh, this guy translated this way, this guy translated this way, this guy translated this way. There's no end to it. Because you can't be wrong. Exactly, because you can't be wrong. Very nice, yes. That's the biggest problem. Continued next paragraph. Paying. Yeah, paying lip service and showing superficial respect was obviously not possible for Rabbi Akiva's students because they were genuine. Their internal capacities were in harmony with their external behavior, and they therefore found it impossible to behave in a way which was not consistent with their true thoughts. That they couldn't just pre- pre- pretend that they respect the other person. Oh, hi, hi, hi. So nice to see you. They were honest people. If they feel that you're wrong, you're wrong. Thus, they didn't pay proper respect to their colleagues because they were Rabbi Akiva students. Every single one of the disciples was dedicated to his master's teaching with all his heart and soul to the point that he could not bear the sound of someone misinterpreting his teachings. In his own opinion, especially when the misguided student was himself a student of Rabbi Akiva, obviously he couldn't, he couldn't possibly respect that individual. Yeah, if he says, he cannot, he, cannot, he cannot pretend that he's nice, and you're the disciple of Rabbi Akiva, and you go around and you say such things, shame on you, and finished. You understand? That's why they didn't, that's why they didn't respect him. Okay, they didn't respect him. Go ahead. Moreover, they behaved with such conviction, specifically because they internalized Rabbi Akiva's foundational teaching that loving one's fellow is a fundamental teaching of the Torah. Uh, because uh, I love you, right. I want you to change your mind because I care for you. I want you to be wrong. <laughs> no, I love you so much. How could you think it's such a stupid mistake? I want to, I want to save you from making the mistake. I mean, this is normal, actually. It's absolutely normal. That's what, like, I'm telling my kids. Oh, not, not just like this, but in general, that's an idea. You know? That's exactly that's... what happened. Only somebody... If I had a shoe, there would have been three people. That <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for Michael, Michael and, and one of your kids or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only one of the kids. <laughs> absolutely. I wanted to say that Michael is a perfect example of the, of the disciples of Rabbi Akiva. <laughs> Yeah, because you care so much. Exactly. Go ahead. Without those instructions, they would not have cared if their uh, colleagues uh, misunderstood their master's teachings. But since their teacher, Rabbi Akiva, taught them about the importance of loving their fellow, they did not uh, suffice with their personal study and mastery of their, uh, of their rabbi's uh, Torah's teachings. But instead, each attempted to influence their counterpart uh, contemporaries, especially their colleagues, Rabbi Akiva's <coughs> students, uh, Rabbi Akiva's students, to approach Rabbi Akiva's teaching from the same perspective. When the same, uh, when uh, some uh, refrain from accepting their approach, they found it impossible to treat them with respect, especially the respect that Rabbi Akiva's illustrious students deserve. Because they love them, they want. That was the, the problem. Was that they only loved them? You know what the problem was. They didn't respect them. You know what the difference in love and respect? You know we are on Rosh Hashanah. We pray one of the prayers. Give respect to your people. You know what we ask from God? I don't need the world should love us. They should respect us. Why love is not good enough? I'll tell you something. Read source number three. Avia, read source number three. One, one second, I'll show you. No, 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 in one minute. I lost my voice recently, so... One little paragraph, just read this. Our sages commanded that a man honor his wife more than his own person and love her as he loves his own person. Wow, 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 that's a bomb. The Talmud says you should love your wife like yourself. Respect her more than yourself. You know what lives behind that? People say they love their wives. And they start to tell them, because I love you, I want you to do this and fast this and make this this exercise and do this. They control them because they love them. And the Torah says, respect her, respect her wishes. Go away, move away. Give her respect her space, respect her privacy, respect her life, respect her wishes. Sometimes because, you know, there is love, respect is like fear. 
Even if you love your wife, you have to fear her, because if not, you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what the respect is. They did, because they loved the disciples, they, each other, they didn't respect them. They, they, they wanted to convince them to believe what they believe. Because I love you. I don't care if somebody on the street doesn't agree with me. But somebody who is my friend doesn't agree with me, it kills me. That was the problem of our Akiba's disciples. And we need to respect other people's opinion. Respect them. He thinks differently. Fine. Who says that you're the only one who is right? You feel very strong about it. No matter how much you love him, don't love him so much. Give him space. That's why with God also, we need to love God, but we need to respect God. Respect, you know, you love God sometimes out of love to God. You can light the candles Friday night after after Shabbat. I love the mitzvah so much. What's respect? Respect is God says you're not allowed to do it too late. You don't do it, even if you love him. Do what he says. Respect in a marriage, respect in a relationship is not less important than love and maybe even more. Because you need to respect the other person's way of thinking, way of life. And then when we start, when we learn to respect and to love, then we have a healthy relationship with the world around us. And the same thing is in politics. People disagree with you, fine. You have to respect them. They have a right to think differently. They might be wrong, 100% wrong. Still, they have a right to their thought, to to their beliefs. That's a very hard thing, and that's what is the problem. The first, that was the first problem. They didn't, that's what the Torah said. They didn't honor each other. Not that they hated each other. Not that they beat up each other. They didn't honor each other. If they would have the honor and respect to each other, they wouldn't fight. Now comes the real question. But uh, yeah. in history, this is a tons of probably example of people did not honor each other, did not respect each other, and such things. You're absolutely right. Was not, uh, <laughs> they didn't die. Why should they die? That's what you're asking. Ah, you see, now you have my question. <laughs> you see, in 20 minutes, you change the question. Why they died, for heaven's sake? That's the question. That's the ultimate million-dollar question. So because they didn't respect each other, they deserve that? What is this? But a rabbi Tilo was such a great rabbi. Couldn't you just tell him, hey, guys, uh, don't love so much each other. You know, respect each other more. You know, before we all end up dying, you know, here. He was busy teaching. Exactly. That, 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 I think, Rabbi, this is, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, this is probably the most important point in, uh, in human life is respect. To respect each other. important than any kind of love or anything else. Yeah, 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 so yeah. That, they were the so, I'll tell so. you, Rabbi Akiva was so charismatic, and they were so in love with Rabbi Akiva that they couldn't handle anybody who thinks different than they think. They just couldn't handle it. I can tell you from experience that it's true in Chabato. And the Rabbi was speaking about loving your fellow and be nice to each other and don't fight, and the fights are hurting me more than, than, than if you, I think, my way or the way. And it didn't help because there is, there is such an emotional connection that you don't see anything. You just don't see anything. You see only your way and finished. Okay, now we go to the, to the, to the real question. Two questions. Are the charismatic people or people we leaders we love are good enough? Are, are they necessary in our world? Not all charismatic leaders. No, righteous people are good enough. No, I understand. Not, uh, I mean, I'm saying that because of, because of some of when they when when they the righteous people. Of course, I see the righteous person, a true righteous person. I mean, utmost respect, utmost love, utmost admiration, everything. You all have it, in my watch. Most of us do. No, I mean, but of course, the faulty leader comes out of a person with a thing. Sure, there is faulty leaders who create a lot of sorrows. We're talking about even a great scholar and a holy man like Rabbi Akiva. Was is until today considered one of the greatest leaders of the Jewish people ever. Even he, because not even he, because his disciples were so much in love with him, and so much connected to him, and were ready to do anything for him, they couldn't handle somebody else thinks differently. Simple as that. Yes, like politics, you cannot hear anybody disagree with you. If you're really involved, emotionally involved, you cannot hear it, right? Yeah. Go ahead. <coughs> However, this story requires explanation. The death penalty really 
This lack of respect was obvious unbecoming uh, for the students of Rabbi The difference of opinion should not have influenced their treatment of one another, and they should have given space for others to express different opinions. Their behavior to the contrary was inappropriate, especially in light of their spiritual standing as the students of Rabbi Akiva. Nonetheless, they were, uh, they were, oh, I'm sorry, why were they penalized <coughs> severe, uh, so severely for that sin alone to the extent that they all died? That's a question, why they died? Why? This question is um, accentuated in light of our explanation of the matter that they didn't actually belittle each other and it wasn't a lack um, in their love for one another as per their master's teaching, but it was simply a lack of true um, difference. It was just they didn't respect each other with the, with the right respect, but they didn't hurt each other, they didn't insult each other, they didn't fight with each other. Why did they deserve it? Okay. Michael, you want to continue? Sure. <coughs> they all seen it once. It's also obvious that all the disciples, the enormous amount of 24,000, did not all become students in a single day. It was a process of many years. When Rabbi Akiva began teaching his students and, and the theme of his personality and the students began to spread, students were slowly attracted to him. And with time, the numbers grew exponentially until they reached 24,000. Likewise, obvious that the behavior of disciples didn't suddenly, in one single moment, become disrespectful. It was more likely a gradual process. Then two things. First of all, they didn't become 24,000 students in one week. It took over years, over the 24 uh, years probably, and became 24,000 students. And and then they were also didn't become mean to each. I mean, not respectful to each other in one day. This is very surprising. This is very surprising. <coughs> Why were they all punished in a single time period? It's difficult to imagine that in a such short period of time, between Passover and Shavuot, all 24,000 students were suddenly deserving of punishment and the death penalty and all that. Must be <laughs> there is something also. Must be there is something also. There must Continue. be something out of ordinary that took place at that time, which was the cause of their death. Aha. Okay. Then you want to continue? Evil eye. The evil eye! The evil eye. The question can be resolved based on another Talmudic story in which similar technology is that all died in a single time period. Source 4. It happens that, the to, uh, that 24 carriages of the people can pointed <coughs> by the house of the rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and the leader of the Jewish people. Enter did they enter to extend the feared at Lord. At Lord. Lord is in Israel, right? <clears throat> yes, sure. For, uh, for this decision was supposed to take place in the Judea. The seat of the high court after the temple destruction, most sages live in the Galilee. So Rabbi Yehuda sent carriages to transport them to Lord in Judea. Okay, what happened is like this. There is something that's called a leap year. This here is a leap year, for example. We had two months of, uh, of Adar. Now, to, in, in biblical times, in rabbinic times, to make this decision, it wasn't a calendar we know which, which is a leap year. They came together, great rabbis, and they made the decision that this year is going to be a leap year. It was a big event, a very big event. Where they, was allowed, they were allowed to do it, at that time, they said it has to be in the, in the part of Judea. They have to make this decision because it's coming from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was not in Judea. Therefore, they have to do it in, in, in Judea. They did it in Lud at that time. Rabbi, Rabbi Yudah the prince, who was his center, was in the Galilee. He was in Pekin, in other places. Anybody was in Israel. Some of you, there is, is buried there in the, in, in the north. And because the announcement that this year is a leap year, happened in Lud, next to the airport. He sent all his disciples, 24 carriage, carriages of disciples, he sent to Lud for the big event. What happened? 
and the Eva and Judea. An evil eye in, entered with them. From the locals who were offended that they, they weren't considered scholarly enough to declare a leap year, they all died in the same time period. What happened is the people in Lu did not appreciate that Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda, the prince, sent his disciples to to announce the leap year. They say, what, we are not good enough? I need you guys. You know, sometimes when people from another place come and invade, invade your place, you don't appreciate it. And, they, and maybe also because they thought, it's, look, look what is happening. So many people are coming. Look how many disciples Rabbi, Rabbi has. We don't have so many. Then they were jealous. And what happens when you're jealous? Enters the evil eye. What's the evil eye? The evil eye means when God sees, when people start to be jealous on another person, God is checking why he deserves it. If he really deserves it. Let's say Mr. A is his life very nice, everything is good for him. And he brags about it. And Mr. B says, God, why Mr. A is so much? He deserves it. That God checks Mr. A's books if he really deserves it. And when you know when the IRS puts his nose somewhere, hmm. nothing good comes out. To make it even a more simple term, you give a candy to your child, you tell him, Make sure nobody else sees it. Because if they see it and cry, I'll have to give all you give you have to share, or I have to take it away from you. If what you give to one child causes pain and, 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 and crying to the other children, next time you don't give them. If the good that Mr. A gets causes pain to Mr. B, then we cannot have it. You understand? That's what the evil eye is. What happened is it was such an exciting event. 24 carriage of students came from Rebbe. Oh, look how many students he has. Look how amazing it is. And really, everybody got jealous in this. And then what happens is, if they are not perfect, the evil eye and a combination of not being good enough can, can cause a lot of trouble. Because they don't have enough mitzvahs to protect, protect them from an evil eye. If there's no evil eye, we don't check, it goes, it goes. The moment the IRS gets, gets involved, then you need a real special protection, a special blessing. Two, Go ahead. Two, two problems. First of all, the story about Mr. A, who can cause whatever, let's say, good he does, causes someone to suffer, and this should not happen. I have a huge problem with this. If somebody is successful and doing the right thing, and someone uh, jealous and uh, have resentment because lazy or whatever doesn't do this, this is, uh, to say at least, it's a questionable uh, example of why it should not happen, you know, uh, the second one. And the second one, it seems to be that it's no connection between them not respecting each other and just mandate reason that someone was just uh, jealous that they, w they were chosen to announce a leap year. I mean, this is like no direct uh, Okay, okay, that. one connection, one second. First of all, answer the first question. You have wonderful kids, right? No. Uh, such, such, <laughs> good, such good singers, no. such beautiful girls. No. Now, this, this is something, this is not something because you worked on it. It's because Hashem blessed you with, with good kids, right? You did, no, no, you didn't give them, you didn't give them the voice. You understand what I'm saying? They're born with beautiful voices. Now, another person that his kids are not, doesn't have such nice voices or, or never completely zu krochen, <laughs> he's jealous. He says to God, why is he having such nice kids and I don't? That not everything is dependent on somebody who is lazy and not lazy. Now, jealousy is a part of life. Not that, not that I inspire it and I encourage it. I'm just telling you that when there is jealousy in the world, it's awakening judgment on the other person. That's the problem with that. Then the, the cure for this problem is not to brag about it. That's it. Not to, you have, you have good kids? Fine, move on. Uh, correct, but you see, it didn't sound like to you when you brag about it, then it should not happen. But genuinely, for the reason it was, hey, if something, someone's success causing a problem for others, then this I'll tell you, usually, you're right. Usually, is, usually success doesn't cause it. That's how you wear your success. That's a little bit different. And this is causing uh, pain to others. For example, my father was very big on the evil eye. And people used to ask him, how your kids are doing? Fine, Boch Hashem. That's it. That was the end of the conversation. 
People ask him how many kids you have, he has to say, why you need to know, you need to support them. <laughs> I mean, that, that he didn't want to hear anything about anything, finished. Then he didn't want to talk about it. Then the point is, that's what I'm talking about. That's what evil lie is. Now, when there is a judgment on a person, and between the, and in the same time, there is something that does not very, not a good behavior, together, they come together, that's a problem. You know, it's almost like in sicknesses. If you have one sickness, it's one problem. And there's a combination of bad things that can, God forbid, kill the person. Or can, can get really bad, can really get out of control. When you have high cholesterol and high blood pressure and COVID, yeah, it's bad news. But you only have high cholesterol, no, nishkeferlach. Exactly, that's what happened here. It was high cholesterol, it was an evil eye, together with they didn't respect each other. That's what happened. Okay, but they didn't, I stopped in the middle. And from the, that time, no? From that time they, on, they re- removed the location of the leap year deliberations from Judea and established in Galilee. They, all, they also wanted to remove the location of the new month deliberations. Rabbi Simeon told them, we do not even want to leave a remembrance of the fact that the high court was once situated in Judea. Basically, and they, that's not so... Basically, they, they, the idea of announcing when is Rosh Chodesh, they left it in Judea. That's what they left. The story okay, you want to continue? This story clearly states why they died. They had gathered in large numbers and had thereby attracted the evil eye. Perhaps this sheds light on our story, which uses the exact same terminology. They all died in the same time period. Rabbi Akiva's students died in one time period because... At that time, their number reached 24,000, an immense number of students. Moreover, Kabbalah explains that 24 is associated with the divine attribute of judgment, and this is evident from the Jerusalem Talmud story as well, that attracted the evil eye, causing their death. Then it was a combination of the two things, like you said, COVID and high blood pressure. So diabetes. And diabetes, uh, thank you. We started to have 2,400 uh, people coming here. That might be a problem. That might be a problem. So we don't have one. one is we not a problem one. anymore. We don't have one. We don't have one. <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> we well, for a minute. Twenty-four hours. This should be my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be. Exactly. I'll deal with it then. <laughs> okay. Continue. Uh, this doesn't contradict the Talmud's explanation that they died because they didn't treat each other with respect. The two reasons converge. A failure to accord proper respect isn't a severe enough sin to warrant capital punishment, as we explained earlier. But once the evil eye was attracted to them during that period of time, they were punished also for the minor sin of not treating one another with respect. It means to say, read one more paragraph. Perhaps this reflects the idea stated in the Talmud that during turbulent times, God gives retribution even for a failure to pursue the mitzvah of tzitzit even though it is not technically an obligation, and so on. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Sometimes, in good days, everything is good. But when somebody, you, if, you, if you jump out of, you know, people sound like people like to jump out of planes. You know, there's a, a game like this. <laughs> when you put yourself in a dangerous situation, you need extra protection. If you need extra protection, not necessarily you're going to get it. If God needs to make a miracle for you, shine. Maybe yes, maybe not. If you live your life, you go from shul to work, from the work to this, you go, shine. When you start to jump out of airplanes, and jump out on the roofs, and face, do, do risky things, climbing the Everite Mountain, then God, when God needs to alter nature to save you, not necessarily. Not necessarily you deserve a miracle. That's what I'm saying. Then when life is moving naturally, you know, there is an old saying, a uh, cabinet, an old cabinet, if you don't move it, it st- as long as it stands, it stands. You start to move it, it falls apart. Hmm. It's true about elderly people. You keep them in one place, they live. Oh, I want you to come to visit us in America. I want you want that. Don't need to, you want to visit them, go there to visit them. They don't visit you. But Just yesterday, somebody came to me and asked me, they want to convince somebody there is a wedding in Colombo since 90-something, 93, 94. 
and he doesn't want to go, should he convince him? I told him, I don't think you should convince him. If he doesn't feel right to go, don't convince him. What do you understand? That sort of conflicts with the fact that, you know, Israel wouldn't have survived if they didn't do things out of the box, if they didn't do things to shake up the old cabinets. They took risks, and Hashem helped them. But for this, you need special miracles. Not necessarily always get it. Sometimes the Jewish people get it in Israel. Sometimes they don't. Some, some wars are very successful. Hashem helps them out of the way because it's, Israel is the collective. It's the Jewish people. It's, the, it's not only the people who live in Israel. It's everybody else. It's the whole Jewish nation. Then Hashem, that's miracles. What do you think? Six-day war was an unbelievable miracle. It doesn't make sense at all naturally at all. You're right. Existence of Israel is a miracle. Even today, the existence of Israel is a miracle. Every day that Israel exists is a miracle. So, Steve, it's like, if you really have something important, check with God. But for them, it was easy. It's close, like, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> local connection. And by the way, what he says here, because the 24,000 students were closer to God, was expecting of them a better behavior. A regular person, he didn't, he didn't respect his friend. No. But you, disciples of Rabbi Akiva, that says loving a fellow Jew is a fundamental concept in the Torah. So, but there was no teaching to respect before love uh, prior to this incident. So, no, no, no. The mitzvah, the, mitzvah to respect, the mitzvah to respect your wife was there from before. The idea of respect is, is all the way from the beginning. I know your father and mother is respect, not love. By the way, it's not written anywhere in the Torah to love your parents. Respect them. Take care of them. I don't need your love. Take care of them. Respect them. Listen to them. Everybody, I love my parents. Don't love them. Take care of them. He loves them. Shekoyach. What are you going to do with your love? Nothing. People on the hand in America, they love everybody. Don't love us. Just do something about it. Respect us. The idea of respect was there from the beginning. Okay. Um, go ahead. You. The, the lesson. Sorry. This story about Rabbi Akiva's disciples, that they died because they did not respect each other, is included in the Torah. And the word Torah means instruction. Therefore, despite the fact that this is a story told about the great disciples of Rabbi Akiva, and they were treated so severely precisely because of their greatness, nonetheless, the story is cited and studied in the Torah to teach us that every Jew must strive for the ultimate form of loving your fellow even in cases where there might be good reason to avoid showing full respect to your fellow. See what he's saying here? Look at this, loving your fellow. I mean, um, the most I took from your explanation of what we just read, it's kind of just don't show off, don't make someone mad that with your success, if you uh, greatness. Here's loving your fellow, just going back to respect each other. So which, which one is actually the main lesson? No, the lesson is love your fellow in a way that you love him, not yourself. <laughs> when, you love, when you love your fellow and you want him to think like you, you're loving yourself, not your fellow. Love your fellow is love him as he is. Don't try to change him. As he is and what he is. You know, there is sometimes I tell people, when, I, when, I, when somebody comes to Son Chabad, it's not I'm not trying to change him. Respect him for whatever he is and I love him for whatever he is. If he wants to learn more Torah, if he wants to do one more mitzvah, God bless him. If not, I still respect him and still love him. It's not like, oh, I want to change you. I want to change the whole world. You know when people start a new diet? No, usually what happens? Anybody they meet, they want to share with them the diet. You have to do the same thing. And you have diabetes? This is perfect for diabetes. You have, you have this? This is perfect for this. Yeah. Oh, when you start, you start a new exercise, they are so excited, they buy you the same machine and they force you to do, do it. And you almost die from where I had it once. Somebody was so excited about me doing exercise, almost got a heart attack. <laughs> you understand? You, people are only, only from hearing this person, right? <laughs> I was, you know, he, was, he bought me, he actually bought me a, um, a bike. Not a bike, was another thing there. Treadmill. A treadmill, and he, was, he made me stand on it. <laughs> no, try a little more, try a little more, try a little more. When I almost died, I said, oh, I said, that was the last time I did it. <laughs> what I mean to say is, people, because he, lo he really loves me. It's not like somebody who doesn't love me. But he doesn't have respect. He loves me, I should do what he, what he thinks is good for me. What he thinks is good for me, not what I think is good yeah, for me. Yeah, but I mean, there is some kind of idea if, uh, okay, we're talking about pushing. I have no idea what pushing is. 
But the, <laughs> the thing is, if he is kind of just trying to introduce something that maybe something could be useful, you know, that's I don't see uh, how that's that's no respect. If if it's a different degree of uh, introducing, that's another story. But suggest something that maybe could be useful. No, suggesting is one thing. Nobody says you shouldn't suggest. No. But but the forcing it out, you thought exactly, <laughs> getting all excited really about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't Rabbi Akiva didn't he like force the boy to uh, read the Torah though when he fasted before? He the didn't Torah. force him. He tried to convince him. He didn't want he fasted. He prayed to God that the boy should want to do it. He couldn't. He didn't force him. God, yeah, God can force anybody. <laughs> he made God. He, God made him to want to do it. That's what God made. But he didn't force him. But the lesson is, love your fellow Jew means to, to, and that's why the reason what is, what's going on is like this. They died because of the evil eye. But when we ask ourselves, so many years later, what can we learn from the story of Rabbi Kiva's death? It's students' death. We say, you know what you can, we can learn? What you can take away from it? To respect each other. You're right, it was because of the evil eye in this. But what can we learn from it? They died that's why we mourn them. We mourn them because we want the lesson to be remembered. The biggest problem of the Jewish people today, and ever, that is we didn't love each other, we didn't respect each other. That's the biggest problem of the Jewish people. And we destroy everything to ourselves. We destroy the country, we destroy Israel, we fight in America, we fight about everything and anything, we are crazy. We cannot learn to respect each other. The first temple was destroyed because of fights, the second temple was destroyed. And in Israel now also, the Prime Minister constantly says, the big, our biggest problem is that we, we can destroy the whole country if we go start to continue fighting. Let me ask you a question. Like when you see what's happening, for example, with in reform synagogues and everything mm -hmm. and this movement, okay? mm -hmm. so you understand that it's kind of destroying Judaism. Absolutely. So you would say, still say, God bless you, do whatever you want. It's kind of uh, yeah, something yeah, I, that you will not try in a nice form. Kind of just maybe to give an idea that. Oh, in a nice forum, I'm doing a whole day. But in a nice forum, but still, I'm not in the business. You see, once the previous Rebbe was asked about, there was a way to destroy, to ruin something of another organization was fighting Judaism. That the previous Rebbe said, we are not in the business of destroying the others. We are in the business of building ours. I build mine. I'm not in the business of destroying. Everybody else, God bless them. I can do whatever I can do. I'm in the business of building, not in destroying others. That's what it's all but about. But if you will be asked, or if you will do summer, you will give your... Oh, sure, sure, give my opinion, absolutely. Right. Even when I'm not asked. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Great. Thank you.